0: This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare together. We'll unpack Fantasy, Faith and Life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win and find meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing and encouraging. We are coming to you from the Unpacking Ministries studios. Here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and fired up to be with you on this third episode of this fresh season, 2022, as we prepare and 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 look at strategies and and players and and all that that comes at us this time this time of year in preparation of our fantasy drafts. And, and for those of us that are in multiple leagues, we'll have drafts scattered throughout the the summer. Uh, but many drafts take place the the week or two before the season starts. And so we will be with you during the offseason, during draft prep, and and we hope that, that we can give you some great insight as you consider what players to draft this year. And then throughout the season, we'll we'll be with you weekly as we make lineup changes and waiver wire additions and potential trades. We will be with you throughout the season from a fantasy perspective and we will also be with you as we journey through life, as we pursue Jesus, as we desire to grow in our faith. And so each week we will give you uh, content and, and, and topics that take fantasy concepts, relate them to the Bible, relate them to our own lives. And so we will do that on the podcast. But we also have member-only content available to you. Uh, so we encourage you to, to become a member and this content is designed for you and your league to meet throughout the season for league meetings. And, and you can discuss topics surrounding fantasy, but more importantly, topics about faith and life and how, how there's a parallel there. And, and so we've got questions for you, videos, challenges, uh, a lot of great content. And we also have fantasy content. So all of that available to you as a Fantasy Football Fellowship member. So go to FantasyFootballFellowship.com. Today on the show, this is the forgiveness episode. We're going to talk about players that that burned us last year, that let us down last year. We're going to talk about players that were injured last year as well. Uh, so some guys just didn't play well. Other guys were injured and obviously didn't produce fantasy numbers because of that. And, and then we'll also talk about forgiveness In our own lives. Before we jump in and say hello to Harrison, I want to thank our presenting sponsor, Medishare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out Medishare today. Medishare.com/slash/unpacking it. Medishare offers programs for every budget, so whether you're an individual or a family, Medishare has options for you. And my family, we've been members for over six years, and the best part for members. On average, we save 50% or more on healthcare costs. And so figure it out. If it's the right fit for you, how much money you can save, go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it and encourage you to uh, to check them out and, and support them as, as they support us. So MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Well, let's dive in and, and talk some fantasy with Harrison Zuckerberg and he joins us as always Harrison great to see you how you doing today
1: I'm doing awesome Bryce and I love this episode that we're gonna be talking about today we talk about guys who are bouncing back who burn us in the past because it happens every single year to fantasy owners you buy into the hype you think one guy's can perform amazing and then he falls flat and you're so disappointed but that doesn't mean that you should write him off for the rest of his career Guys or are does allowed it? or does it? Well, it depends. Or does it? Is this well, is this a pattern that we've seen before or is it just a one-year thing? But guys are allowed to come back and redeem themselves and and hopefully have better fantasy seasons in the future that you can be a part of.
0: There you go. Absolutely. So, we will begin by doing a segment we'll, we'll call it forgive or forget it. I'm not drafting that guy again. So, are you going to forgive the guy? You're willing to draft him this year or you say Forget it. I'm moving on. No way. I'm not drafting that guy. And and so here are a couple of names that may pop up uh as you're you're going through draft prep. You know, Allen Robinson, he he burned a lot of fantasy owners last year in Chicago. Not a good year. So do you buy the hype that he gets Matthew Stafford and the LA Rams offense and, and he has a big year? What about James Robinson? A lot of people, you know, bought into the hype for for him last season. He ended up getting injured, but also the Urban Meyer situation. So which James Robinson do you do you believe in? Uh, and then Russell Wilson, of course, had a down season in Seattle. Uh, but do you do you get excited about him and what he can do in Denver? And then Ronald Jones, who's had an up and down career. Uh, you know, last year not so good in Tampa Bay, but he gets a fresh start in Kansas City. And so those are some of the options. But Harrison, I want to hear about a player that maybe burned you in the past. And what your thought process is on that guy. And, and maybe we'll start in Kansas City, because I think that's uh that's where you find someone, huh? Yep.
1: One guy who has burned me in the past two years, actually, not just last year, is Clyde Edwards alaire from the Kansas City Chiefs running back. You know, I had really high hopes for him as a rookie. They took him in the first round, had a great year at LSU. He's gonna come into a high-powered offense with Patrick Mahomes. And he did not perform very well as a rookie back in 2020. And then going into the second year, I'm like, all right, well, you know, maybe who's just getting acclimated to the NFL. He's going to bounce back. And then he had another bad year last year. And ultimately we saw, we saw Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon kind of take more of a workload than, than he was now going into this season. I am not forgiving Clyde Edwards hilaire anymore. I'm never drafting him again. I don't care. how high he's ranked or what height pieces are coming out of training camp. I do not believe in him as a player and in his role in the Kansas city offense. Like you just mentioned, Ronald Jones, they paid to bring him in in free agency. They re-signed Jarek McKinnon who had a role last year. And then Derek Gore, a guy who was on their practice squad for a couple of years got an opportunity last year as well towards the end of the season. He started to look well. Those are three running backs. Now, that I think they're going to use more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he's going to start to get phased out of this offense. I would not be surprised if he was just riding the bench by the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that, and I traded him away in one of my, my keeper leagues. So, thankfully, I, I looked at my roster today, and he's not on there. So, that's good. So, that's a good thing. Um, all right, so the guy for me that I'm, I'm considering, who I think in his first year, uh, Chase Claypool burst onto the scene. Then he took a step back. Last year, he went into the season as wide receiver 26, but he finished as wide receiver 41. He only scored two touchdowns last year. And so, as we know, in Pittsburgh, Ben Roethlisberger was winding down his career and, and didn't finish as, as strong as maybe he started his career. That's for sure. So, Chase Claypool was, was one of the, the guys that that took a hit because of it. But I'm going to forgive Claypool. I'm going to blame Roethlisberger, so I'm going to forgive Claypool, and and I'm I'm going to buy the talent that he has and the talent that was shown in his rookie season, and and I believe that that he's going to have a bounce back season. And listen, the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh is is fuzzy. Not sure who's going to be the guy. You know, Mitch Trubisky or Kenny Pickett or or even Mason Rudolph, but I think they will look across. They got to they throw to somebody. Deontay Johnson is good. He had a really good year. The defense is going to look at, at Deontay, especially early in the season, but I think it opens up the door for Claypool to, to shine and, and get into the end zone more often this year. Uh, I, like, I still like Najee Harris as a running back to keep the offense moving. They'll, they'll still rely on, on him in a big way, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go, I'm gonna go uh, back to the, the pool with, uh, with Chase Claypool. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to dive back in with him. How about that? So uh, so there you go. Uh, all right. Who's the, who's the next guy forgive or forget for you.
1: So the next guy for me is another wide receiver who had a great rookie season going into his sophomore year. We had expectations for, and he fell flat as well. And that is Brandon Ayuk from the San Francisco 49ers. Now, he was getting super hyped up, and then no one really knew what happened to him come the start of the season. You so read weird. all these reports in the offseason that Brandon Ayuk's going to be the guy. He may even surpass Debo as the number one on the team. And then he wasn't even on the field for the first games of the season, and he was playing special teams only. You know, It came out that he was kind of in the doghouse with Kyle Shanahan for you know work ethic concerns and drop passes and all this weird stuff that I think now he has learned his lesson from you know, going into this off season. And we saw that towards the end of the last year, once he actually got on the field, he was productive from weeks eight on, he was on pace for over a hundred targets, 70 receptions and 1100 yards, not to mention seven touchdowns as well. I think this year he's not going to get in the same trouble. He's still going to be a part of the offense like he was at the end. And now with Trey Lance taking over, you know, it's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen. Is he going to be amazing? Is he going to be bad? But I think Ayuk's play style of being this deep threat downfield, even though it may not always be the best decision, Trey Lance loves to take shots downfield, and I think that could produce even higher fantasy upside form than Jimmy Garoppolo did.
0: All right, let's stay in San Francisco. I like Brandon Ayuk. Uh, To me, again, it's the talent. Sometimes you got a fantasy. We look at the numbers. Sometimes it's the eye test. Brandon Ayuk, very talented. Chase Claypool, very talented. All right, so this one's personal for me, this next one. George Kittle is somebody that I went all in on last year, and for the most part, he he let me down. I, th- I think I took him in the second round uh, in my big draft, and and was I was in multiple leagues and and was consistent in going after George Kittle. And the problem for him, he you know, he played fourteen games and and missed you know weeks five, seven, eight, had that calf injury. And, you know, some of the inconsistency at, at quarterback may be part of the issue. And, you know, Debo Samuel got so many so many looks as well, of course. So, for me, though, I can't go back to the well. I, I can't go George Kittle again. I, I just I, – I got burned too bad. And it's been a couple years because even the year before, it was injuries as well. He plays so hard. And I love the way he plays. But I I, I just can't fully trust him. And and then also on a, on a side note, so my, my daughter ended up, she was at the store and she bought this little, well, my wife bought for her, this little toy, George Kittle. I don't know if you've seen these, but they, they come <laughs> Did in. They like even these... make toy George Kittles? Like, what? I know it's, it's like the funniest little, it's like a little soft little uh, doll type thing, but she comes home with it. I'm like, oh, you got George Kittle. What is this? It's is a three-year-old girl uh, with a George Kittle doll. But guess what? His arms have already fallen off. I've got a doll <laughs> with no arms. George Kittle, even the doll is injury prone. So to me, that was a sign. I took a picture this morning and and I, I sent it to my fantasy league. It said, look at this. He's even injury prone uh as a toy doll. So uh I'm out. I'm out I'm out on Kittle. So especially I also think if Trey Lance is the guy, I'm not sure that him and Kittle seem to have much of a connection last year either. He, that he could did. change, but
1: Yeah, he didn't really target him a ton in the games they played. And if you look at Kittle's stats from last year, they can be a little bit misleading because he had two just monster games where he had like 12 receptions for almost 200 yards and then the rest of the games he fell completely flat. So the inconsistency isn't really something you want. With a tight end, you're taking that high, and you also probably want a tight end whose arms aren't going to fall off either. Which I, I don't <laughs> makes know. you Nervous <laughs> makes you nervous. Hopefully, it's not like a voodoo doll or something that actually happens
0: in real That's life. Right. That's right. So he, he did finish tight end three last year. So the problem is, I guess if he slips in drafts, I may I might be able to talk myself out of it. But I just can't take I can, the value. Sometimes those top tight ends, Kittle andrews and and uh Kelsey, those guys you have to get so early and for me to then pass on elite wide receivers at that time or maybe my my second running back, that's where i, I I've been burned in the past and i can't I can't do it again so uh, I just want to clarify that because he's still he's still one of the better tight ends. I'm just not sure I can trust him to take him and pay the price to get him as a top tight end there you go all right, Harrison, who's next? Is that all you got? those are your two guys. Yeah,
1: those are my two guys. Yeah.
0: All right. So we each, we each give you two today. Uh, we'll we'll give you some more throughout the off season, probably of guys that we're wondering if uh, once we start doing some some drafts, you start realizing. All right, I'm I'm willing to forgive that guy after all. Whereas I told you on the last episode, Ezekiel Elliott, I, I wrote him off. So uh, so goodbye, Zeke. He'll never be on another team of mine uh, moving forward. So this leads us into a a conversation uh, about. Forgiveness and 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 as we look at it from a faith perspective, and so uh, we love to t- talk faith and fantasy uh here on the the Fantasy Football Fellowship podcast, and and so I joke around about not forgiving some of these players that have have burned me, you know, in the past in fantasy, and deservingly so. We can we can do that. We can hold some some fantasy grudges, right? uh But to Harrison's point at the top of the show. He, he's he's a he's a quick forgiver it sounds like. He's he's willing to to forgive players and look at the information for this season to say, "All right, what is the scenario? Who's the quarterback? Is he actually healthy now? Let's not worry about what happened last year. Let's worry about what happened, you know, what's going to happen this year and predict uh moving forward." But the reality in our own lives is we too hold grudges and ultimately this becomes more detrimental to the relationships in our lives, but it also affects our our relationship with Jesus when we're not willing to forgive others. And if we have understood and we have received the grace and forgiveness from Jesus, and, and, and we are followers of Jesus, then we have to be quick forgivers. Because I know for me, I'm a sinful man and I'm so grateful for the grace and love and forgiveness that Jesus has shown me. And so who am I to not forgive people that hurt me or or people that have let me down or or, or people that have said something about me or stabbed me in the back? For me to continue to hold on to that grudge, to be unwilling to forgive them, uh, I don't really have a leg to stand on if I want to receive the forgiveness from Jesus. And and so when we go to uh, scripture, uh, Colossians three twelve through 13 in the Amplified Version says, So as God's own chosen people who are holy, set apart, sanctified for his purpose, and well-beloved by God himself, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, which has the power to endure whatever injustice or unpleasantness comes with good temper bearing graciously with one another and willingly forgiving each other if one has a cause for complaint against another just as the lord has forgiven you so should you forgive and, and that's the key just as the lord has forgiven you you sh- so should you forgive and listen it's hard it, it it's the worst when somebody uh hurts you and and for some people the <sighs> The, the, the grievance is, is really deep and strong. And, and when there are, you know, especially when it's a, a, a parent that has, has hurt us uh, in a significant way, those are deep. Those are really, really deep wounds. And, and you know, it's, it's hard to even compare to to our grudges in fantasy football. It's, it's you know, ridiculous comparison, but the principles are, are the same there. And, and even though it's harder, the truth is the same. If Jesus has forgiven us, then we have to forgive. And 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 we have to rely on him to give us the strength and the grace and to go through that process of healing. It doesn't happen like this, uh, you know, a snap of a finger. It it takes us deepening our understanding of just how sinful we are and and how uh desperate we are for God's grace. And then that, the, the more we understand that it allows us to experience freedom because what we're doing is we, we hold on to the grudge and, and the pain and the hurt, and, and we have to release it. We have to release it to God that, that, that God um, can, can give us the ability to, to do so. We can't do it in our own strength. And it doesn't necessarily, I guess from a fantasy standpoint, you know, I can forgive George kill. It doesn't mean I have to bring him back on my team, I can let it go. Yeah. I can still appreciate George Kittle, watch George Kittle. And, and sometimes, you know, in relationships, we can forgive someone. It may not, it doesn't mean that we have to be buddy, buddy with them, or we keep them in our lives, but we, we don't continue to move forward. Uh, not willing to forgive because then what happens? Bitterness takes over. And then it, 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 it digs down deep in us, and, and, and really it holds us back. It holds us back from experiencing freedom, experiencing uh, forward progress and transformation in our own lives. Uh, and so, so we want to, uh, to let go. Um, another verse in, in Mark, it says, But when you are praying, first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. And, and so it's like, all right, somebody came to mind. I got to go make sure I, I do our best to reconcile. Uh, you know, you try to, to restore relationships and, and trust God to restore re, relationships. Sometimes that's not always possible. Uh, but forgiveness is forgiveness is possible. Um, it's hard. Obviously we we know it's hard to forget, uh, but we can forgive. It, it is possible because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of what he's done for us. So, That's the encouragement today Uh, from a serious standpoint, from a fantasy standpoint, I think some of our, our grudges end up hampering us. Like it might cost me this year. I might, I might pass on George Kittle. He has a monster season and, and I miss out on, on that, uh, that opportunity. But, but the, the reality is for us in life, we miss out on blessings when we're unwilling to forgive. Um, that's, that's, that's the reality there. So hopefully that's encouraging. It's very challenging. It's convicting. I know for me as well. Um, so hopefully, uh, that, that parallel, uh, lands with you today. So we'll continue the fantasy conversation and, and along the the same theme, let's take a look at some players and determine whether or not we believe they will, will bounce back. And, and this will be more in regards to injuries. Uh, even even kind of leaning in a little bit more uh, on some of the guys that that are coming back. That it, it's the same kind of thing like like we were talking about guys that let us down. Uh, but you think about somebody maybe like Robert Woods who who missed the I guess he missed like the whole season torn ACL. Uh, Jameis Winston ACL MCL Michael Gallup ACL Robert Tunyon ACL Logan Thomas ACL Raheem Mostert was injured Jarvis Landry was injured. So a lot of guys last year were out some of them have developed the the reputation of being injury prone so do we believe that any of those guys will bounce back do you do you as a fantasy gm believe that, that any of these guys will bounce back and so harrison if, if you'll give me uh one guy that you believe who, who was injured last year you believe will bounce back and then give me one that you do not think will will bounce back. So I'll, I'll share mine as well, but we'll, we'll start with who you think will bounce back.
1: I think Travis Etienne is going to bounce back this season from his injury. Now you talked about why the Jags are going to be good for fantasy on a previous episode, but I think Travis Etienne, specifically him, he has a real chance to be special. He's a really dynamic player. Now we've never seen him on the field in the NFL, but we know from college how good he was. We know that he was high draft capital. He has the repertoire already with Trevor Lawrence. And the good thing for him is that these injuries that he had last year, he's already been cleared. And doctors have said he is good to go before training camp even started. It's not going to be something that is lingering. He is 100%. On the other hand, the other running back in the Jags backfield, James Robinson, does have a lingering injury from last year, may miss the first couple weeks of the season. So that really gives ETN the opportunity to cement himself as the RB1 in this offense while James Robinson is still out and then hold on to that role once he even comes back, because they're two completely different players. You know, Robinson's going to be the guy that's going between the tackles, and Etienne's going to be the electric running back who's catching passes out of the backfield, and I think that's really going to help his fantasy value in the beginning of the season and as they coexist for the rest of the season.
0: I also think that Etienne will have good value, because last year, he, it, oof, people that drafted him took him early, and it burned them because he, he, got, he got injured early in, I guess it was in camp. Um And so that was, that was costly uh, last year. My, I had my main league drafted in July. So I remember the, the guy that drafted him, it, it cost him big time, but I think ETN cause people were kind of writing off Jacksonville. They kind of forgot about ETN. He's not the, the hot rookie coming in. People will shift their attention to other rookies. So I'm with you uh, on ETN. Definitely a, a bounce back uh, candidate for sure. All right. For me, I, I've got to stay in my hometown team and I, I'm, I'm buying into Christian McCaffrey. The, the the last two years, uh, lots of injuries, lots of missed time. Two years ago, you know, Mike Davis did okay filling in for him. Uh, last year, Truba Hubbard did all right. And the Panthers struggled big time without CMC. And it was a reminder, one, you can't rely on him so much. But at the same time, this whole offense is built around CMC. And that's the type of value that he has. And so... He's having to make some adjustments. I know we talked to, to Marshall Falk recently. He he's got to figure out his body in the offseason to prepare for the workload. In some ways, the Panthers will will lessen his load to a certain extent, which is fine. If he plays more games and maybe gets less touches per game, that's okay in the long run for us as, as fantasy managers. Um, but but I expect him to continue to get plenty of carries, but I think he'll get even more catches out of the backfield. And I, I love PPR. I love running backs that can catch out of the backfield. And once McCaffrey gets into space, that's when he's dangerous. And, and so he, he runs the ball fine. He's a, he's a good runner. But, but to me, he's so dangerous. I don't even think he necessarily has to line up. I was, I was reading something today that running backs that line up in the slot actually isn't that productive. But, but it's more so when the play breaks down and then you dump it off where the defense isn't necessarily looking for you and things open up. That's where the Panthers have to to, to thrive. And I have a feeling whether it's Sam Darnold or or somebody else back there, it's, it's, it's not going to be great. They're going to be panicking, scrambling. Oh, where's CMC? Where is he? Where is he? Oh, there he is. He's good. Um, And then here's my, uh, my quick side story on, on Christian McCaffrey. I spent some time with him this summer. So I was up in Canton, Ohio at the pro football hall of fame, the fatherhood festival, he was there honoring his dad, Ed, and got to talk to him backstage. And and so I, I got good good vibe. Good vibe from CMC. So I'm uh I got to see him up close and personal. Good to go. He he was walking fine, all set. So let's uh let's roll with CMC. All right. Harrison, uh, a bounce back player that you're not buying into. So one guy that I'm not buying into. Unfortunately, I
1: bought into him last year because I thought he would come back and then never did. But Michael Thomas, I am not buying into for this season, not only because I don't really trust his his injury history, but just look what else that they've done on this team. You know, when he had those elite seasons, he was the only wide receiver on this team. Now the Saints go out and they trade up to draft Chris Olave. They bring in Jarvis Landry as a wide receiver in free agency, who's another high volume slot guy, a lot like Michael Thomas. So I think that kind of shows that they are willing to, you know, not give him the workload that he once had in the receiving game when he does come back healthy, which we don't even know because he's not even practicing right now. So he may not even play the season again. And then I don't trust Jameis that much either to get him the ball. Super inconsistent quarterback. Plus, we don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara. Him being out could just hurt the offense as a whole because they can't establish the run and then the play action pass. And then Sean Payton has gone, too, as their head coach and play caller. There's just a lot of uncertainty going on in New Orleans that I'm not willing to buy into him bouncing back this season.
0: It's almost like, wait, Michael Th- who's Michael Thomas? Where? Who is he still in wait, the NFL?
1: The guy who set the record for most receptions only a few years ago? Wait, he's, he's still playing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, he was the number one guy in fantasy. I mean, everybody was loving him. He was winning fantasy championships for people, and he's disappeared. I mean, it's fascinating, and I'll be very curious where he goes in drafts. I imagine, you know, people will take a flyer on him middle of middle of the of the draft would would be my guess. Um, but I, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that, that that journey. I'm not I'm not going the Michael Thomas journey or the Saints journey this year. I, too much uncertainty. It's not even that I dislike Jameis Winston, but it's Jameis Winston with Dennis Allen. Uh, 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 coming off an injury with Michael Thomas coming off an injury with Kamara suspended. Uh, no, thanks. I'm out. I'm out on, on the saints, which kind of opens up the door for my Panthers. Uh, slight little, little mm. door, little door. <laughs> um, all right. So the, the player that I do not believe will bounce back. And I hate to say it. I don't think he ever will. And it's Curtis Samuel. He He's now in Washington. He's been one of those guys that you want to like in fantasy. I've wanted it early in his career with the Panthers. I was all excited about what he could do, and it's just never happened. He's had only a couple good games, and he's barely even played. I mean, he is always injured, and you feel sorry for guys like this. I think of a guy like Will Fuller. Uh, I think about the uh, the tight end that was with Washington forever. That was the, that seemed to be get injured every every season. His name escapes me. He went to San Francisco. Uh, uh, Reed. Yeah, yeah, I can't think of his name, but. Uh, um, what is it? Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed. There's a certain guys that like, they just, they never seem to get healthy. And as fantasy GMs, we have to move on. So Curtis Samuel, take him off your board. He shouldn't be drafted. He shouldn't be on your radar. Washington is essentially moving on from him. uh, based on the moves they've made. They got Terry McLaurin and they drafted Dotson. So, uh, I don't even know if there's going to be room for Samuel. He may, he may not even make the roster at some point the real life NFL teams have to go, Hey, this just isn't working. And for us as fantasy GMs, no, thanks. I I'm not seeing a a bounce back for him. So I know you, you root for Washington to a certain extent. Uh, I can't imagine you're, you're buying in either. Are you Harrison?
1: No, I'm not. I think there's a lot of other really talented receivers on this Washington team They're going to be more run heavy. Now they drafted a running back out of Alabama. They still got Antonio Gibson. I just think it's going to be really hard for him to find a a way onto the field, even if he is healthy and get, you know, targets or carries or whatnot, just to get the ball in his hands. I think he's really limited in that
0: aspect. Yeah, absolutely. And Carson Wentz, we don't know what, I mean, question mark there too. Not to mention Washington, just in general, the commandos, we don't know what they're doing. (laughs) So uh, it's going to be a wild season for them. All right, so as we wrap up the show, our last uh, segment today, we're, we're going to reveal rankings or take a look at rankings over the next couple of weeks. And today we'll look at running backs and wide receivers. And, and we'll start with the top 10 uh, of each position. And Harrison is our rankings guru here at Fantasy Football Fellowship. And if you become a member, you can get access to the full list of, of ranking information. And and so Harrison, if you will reveal your top 10 running backs, and then I will let you know where I, where I disagree or, or a couple of the guys that, that jump out to me. So uh top 10 running backs, here we go.
1: So number one, we got Jonathan Taylor. We already talked about him a few episodes ago that he is the number one guy. Number two, we got Christian McCaffrey coming in at three is Derek Henry. Four is Austin Eckler. And then rounding out the top five, we have Dalvin cook at number five. <sighs>
0: Okay, so I'm higher. I, I would take Austin Eckler before I took Derrick Henry. Um, so I would I would uh, differ there. Um, I, I've got to see Henry healthy again uh, for sure. So, all right, go to six. So number six, we got Joe Mixon.
1: Seven is Najee Harris. Eight is DeAndre Swift. Then we've got Javante Williams at nine. And then number 10 is Leonard Fournette. Ooh,
0: top ten. Leonard Fournette. All right. So first off, I uh we talked about last week. You're you're real in on the the Lions. So I like DeAndre Swift. I think he's got the talent. Um, I think he'll have a very nice season. I still buy into Harris and and the Steelers. Um Mixon at six makes me nervous. Uh he is an aging back. He has carried the workload season after season. Now, last year was nice because the offense was actually good around him. Um, but I I don't know if I could continue to trust him, especially that early. That I that makes me me nervous with him. And like I said on the last episode, too, I'm not as high on the Bengals uh this year. Uh sometimes those teams that that burst out of nowhere, can they sustain it? I, I've got to see the sustained fantasy success. But the thing about Mixon, he's been awesome. Like He's been a really good running back in fantasy. And, and for the most part, you've been able to get him at, at decent value over the years. Um, he's been surprisingly good in in many years. But with aging running backs uh, at, the, at the, the, the higher end of the age, what, uh, Landon will have to tell me how old he is, but 26 probably. Um, I, I'm going to go a different direction uh, than, than Mixon. But, but why do you have Leonard Fournette at number 10?
1: So one thing that I like a lot with Leonard Fournette is when you look at the top running backs, you know, what gets to an RB one finish, that's guys who score touchdowns and they get a lot of receptions, you know, Leonard Fournette finished as the RB six last year and people are just writing him off for some reason this year. He's still in a Tom Brady led offense. And now even Ronald Jones is gone. Gronk and Antonio Brown are gone. And Chris Godwin will be injured earlier on. He is the only sustained weapon really left in that offense besides Mike Evans, I think they're really going to lean on him and he's a guy that I think has a clear path to getting 60 receptions that up which is a really high mark for running backs and then double digit touchdowns as well. He is going to be the true workhorse for probably what will still be a top 10 offense in the NFL.
0: So, this will be maybe a topic for another episode, but I'm out on the bucks. Interesting. I, Completely I, out like not even playoff team or um They'll be closer to average than greatness. I think the run is over. I think once you flirt with retirement, it's over. I I just think I think it's really hard to to keep to keep going. I know Brady is unique and you should never doubt Tom Brady. I, I get all that. But from a fantasy perspective, the cost that it it will be to get these guys, the rounds that you have to take, all these players that have been producing you know, the last few years with, with Tom Brady, especially, I'm not willing to go there. I, I'm just too hesitant with, with the Bucs. Um, all right, so maybe I was a little dramatic on Joe Mixon. He's only 25. So <laughs> he feels like he's been there forever, and he's been just carrying that, that team. Um, but I still, I, I stand by what I said, but he's a little younger than I, than I thought, I guess. But it looks like he's, he's going 11th overall uh, at, at a current ADP right now. So that's just still too, too early for me. So you you seem to be along the lines of where the the fantasy community is at, at the moment. Uh, I'll be a little further down. So uh, there you go. All right. Um, So those are your running back rankings. Now let's hear, we'll start with the top five wide receivers, but then we'll we'll hear the top 10, but let me, let me hear them. All right. So number one, no surprise. We have
1: Cooper Cup after the record setting season he had last year. Number two, we got Justin Jefferson. Number three is Jamar Chase. Four is Devontae Adams. And then number
0: five is Stefan Diggs. Okay, so as much as I, I loved Cooper Cup last year and he was awesome for me. Uh I don't I don't think he'll be number one again. I, I don't I just don't I just think I think he might have a nice season. I think Al Robinson's gonna get more catches. Um I think the Rams will just distribute the ball a little bit more. Defenses are gonna hone in on, on cup even more. I mean, I know they were aware of him last year, uh, but I think it'll make it even tougher for him. Uh, He was very healthy last year. Will that continue? That's always uh, a, a, you know, just a question mark. So uh, I understand why he's number one. He's got to be ranked number one. I just, I'm not, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to draft him where, where I, would have to draft them. So I, I
1: honestly feel a little bit similar to you, where you got to rank him number one just after what he did last. Absolutely, year. but you know, guys rarely repeat number one seasons. So I think that Justin Jefferson actually is the guy who will finish as the number one wide receiver this year. Now, when you look at Justin Jefferson, he's had an amazing first two years in the NFL, breaking all sorts of records and that's been with Kirk Cousins and kind of a not great but good offense on Minnesota now the new head coach Kevin O'Connell comes in and guess who he was the offensive coordinator for last year the Rams with Cooper Cup I like it and he's already talked about wanting to build the offense around Jefferson using him like they did Cup in a lot of different motions and even lining him up in the backfield to run routes that way to get better matchups against linebackers and safeties this just sounds like a dream scenario for Jefferson to really, you know, I can't say break out because he's already been a top five wide receiver, but elevate himself even further to possibly the number one guy this year in Minnesota.
0: Which people have to draw, draw the connection there. Kirk Cousins, keep an eye out for him. Keep an eye out for him. I like the value of drafting Kirk Cousins. He gets overlooked. He gets doubted. He may not be the best NFL quarterback, but if he's throwing to Justin Jefferson and my boy, Adam Thielen, it could be a very nice season. So, hey, so I'm with you, man. I had Kirk cousins
1: last year as my QB in two different leagues and both those leagues. I made the championship game and everyone thought I was crazy for keeping him as my starter, but he does produce and can get you there if you need him to.
0: I think he's got another year in him. I really do. Especially with those weapons. Uh, you've got Jamar chase at number three, which again, I'm out. I'm out on the, the Bengals. I'm going to be negative Bengals guy but chase chase was a little boomer bust last year he i had him in fantasy he oh he was brutal early and then he had some monster games 200 yard plus games big time touchdowns and all that but then he disappeared a little bit and 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 became frustrating so i got to see a little more consistency from him for a full season before i'm willing to put him in in the top 5 and and, and draft him as high as most likely you'll have to this year so Give us uh, six through ten. So number six, we got Debo Samuel. Number
1: seven, we have CD Lamb. Eight is Mike Evans. Nine, we have your guy, Michael Pittman. Let's go. And then number ten is T Higgins.
0: I, I, I like Pittman. You got him even higher than maybe I would have him, <laughs> um, but I'm but I'm okay with that. I like I said the Bucks, Mike Evans. Eh, I don't think he'll be a top ten wide receiver this year. Uh, I'm okay with Lamb. I, I think touch high, but. He's got the talent. He's the eye test. Dak Prescott, he's a thrower. I think he's I think he's going to have a big season, and so Lamb will be a, a beneficiary of that or vice versa. They'll help, they'll help each other. Um, San Francisco makes me nervous with, with Debo. Debo was unbelievable last year carrying that offense and running, catching. But the, the, the contract dispute, the, some of the frustration that he had, the quarterback situation, I... I yeah, I don't know. I, I can't put him as high as six. Like, I, I understand the desire for Samuel from a fantasy GM. Like, you want that guy. You're like, man, he could do it all. But I've got some questions surrounding him, and and I'm not I'm not willing to put him that high. But, but who are you most excited uh with these guys? So out
1: of this group, I personally really like C D Lamb for a lot of the same reasons that I like Justin Jefferson, that he could possibly, you know, catapult himself up into F- upper echelon of, you know, maybe one, two, three wide receivers. And he's only going in the second round right now. So you could probably take him as your number two or get a good running back and still grab him. But again, he's been a great wide receiver during his first few years in the NFL. They let Amari Cooper go, which shows the coaching staff's faith in him to be the number one alpha guy. They re-signed Michael Gallup as number two, and Michael Gallup probably is going to miss a first couple games of the season. But this will cause Dak to force feed the ball to CD. He's the legit number one, you know, no doubt about it. I think this offense is still going to score a lot of points, and I would not be surprised if you saw him lead the NFL in any major staff receptions or receiving yards with this, you know, new expanded role that he's going to have.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I think it, I think it makes sense. Uh, I'll be curious to see what Cooper does in, in Cleveland. That's, that's the big question mark. Uh, but yeah, Lamb's going to benefit in, in a big way with uh, with, with Cooper gone. Cause now he's the clear cut guy. So, all right, we lost Harrison video wise, uh, but, but good finish there, Harrison. So we'll, we'll wrap up the show uh, on the next episode. We're gonna reveal Harrison's top ten tight ends and quarterbacks, and I'll be able to uh, critique those a little bit. Uh, hopefully, we're we're helping uh, you out as you as a listener. Uh, think about some of these players and and think about who you want to draft, you know, this year. So it's it's draft season coming up. Uh, and really, it's draft prep season. That's where we're at. That's where we're at right now. So uh, enjoy the the research and the mock drafts and we appreciate you listening to our podcast. If you have questions or players that you want us to evaluate, uh, send us an email, uh, fantasy at unpackingit.com, fantasy at unpackingit.com, and look forward to hearing from you. And, and so thanks to Harrison Zuckerberg. Thanks to our producer, Landon, our producer, Chris. Uh, great support on, on their end. Uh, the faith and fantasy thought today was all about forgiveness. And so let's leave with that on our mind. Who do we need to forgive, and and also who do we need to ask to, to forgive us as well? Um, that's a different angle on the topic today. I was focusing more on who do we need to forgive, um, and maybe there's a fantasy player too. We, we need to we need to work through the forgiveness as well. <laughs> we might we might need those guys on our team this year. I might have to let go of that that grudge. I'm not re- I'm not letting go of the Zeke Elliott. I'm holding on to that one, but maybe there's some other ones. I. Uh, I need to let go of. So who's that for you? Uh, let, let us know. Uh, you can also follow us on, on social media. Uh, just search Fantasy Football Fellowship, and uh, you can find us there as well. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, and leave your comments, and you know, like us, and share us, and, and, and all of that helps us out. So we greatly appreciate the support there as well. Well, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan. I'm a fantasy GM who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as fantasy GMs who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare.